Hello? Oh, you got more in you than that. Hello? Oh, there we are. There we are. Hey, let me say hi to everybody. Hello, Littleton, Lakewood, Evergreen, Arvada, uh, Brussels, Belgium. What's up? We love you guys like crazy. Women at the Denver Women Correctional Facility. We love you so much. And last but not even close to least is men at the Colorado Territorial Correctional Facility. We love you guys like crazy. And we're so glad we get to do church with you. Now, if this is your church family, you've grown sort of accustomed to us saying hi to those seven locations. What you may not know, what you probably don't know, is that there are groups literally around the world that are getting together through technology, around a computer, around a TV, around a big screen, and having their own Red Rocks Church services with us as part of the family. Our creative team sent me some information last week, and this, this might shock some of you. It definitely did me. Just in the last year, people have been watching our services online in, get this, 187 different countries. Is that crazy? So let me just say this. If you've got a group of people somewhere and you're meeting together on a regular basis, would you go to redrockschurch.com forward slash stories and would you send us a picture of your group I want to know about you, and we want to hear what's going on in your group. So send us that information. Let me share two groups with you today before we get into today's talk. One close, one not so close. Chad sent me a text this week, and he said, dude, check out how cool this is. There's a group of Navy soldiers that meet together to do Red Rocks Church in Guantanamo Bay. Would you put that picture up? Isn't that awesome? And let me just say this, Guantanamo Bay crew, we love you. You're every bit as much a part of this family as those of us who are sitting in this room right now. And we're glad that we get to do church with you. And let me just say this on behalf of every single one of us here. We say thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for your service and for the way that you take care of us and our country. We appreciate you and we love you. This next one's very special to me. Um, There's a group of people that meet at a facility called KDEP. And if you put this next picture up, you're going to, if you look closely, you'll find me and Chad in there. This was part of the group we got to meet with last week. Part of the group had already left. This is a daycare center for adults who have been diagnosed with either MS or traumatic brain injuries. And they meet every single week. And they do a Red Rocks Church service, and then they discuss the service, and then they respond to what God's doing. And and Chad and I got to visit with him last week, and I was just absolutely um, moved. And let me just say this to all of you at KDEP, Dan the man, and Mike, and and, um, Pam, and Tracy, and, and all of you that I got to hang out with, Roxanne, all of you that I got to hang out with, I'm so proud of you. I believe in you. And God's got a plan for your life. So you guys keep meeting with us. We love you like crazy, K Deb. <laughs> Holly, I'm gonna get in trouble for this, but Holly 
who works there, she felt like God was tapping her on the shoulder. She felt like God was saying, hey, let's go. I got something for you. She felt like God was calling her to take a risk, to be obedient, to start doing this service at KDEP. And she said, she was telling me and Chad, she said, I was scared to death to do it because I hate to be in front of people. I get super nervous. I don't like to talk in front of people. She said, I was super confused as to why God would call me to do this. And this is a picture of her leading a group a while back. And um, go ahead and put that next picture up. She sent this in about a month ago. There, the second guy closest to the cabinets you see, there's a man in the group raising his hand to start a relationship with Jesus for the very first time after one of the Red Rock services there at KDEP. And all of a sudden, she's telling us her story, and I thought, that's it. When God says, let's go, and we actually say yes, he changes lives, doesn't he? Because Holly actually said yes, heaven is getting more crowded today. Lives are being changed. Eternities are being altered. And that's what happens when God says, let's go. And you and me actually say, okay, I don't get it. I don't know what you're doing. I don't fully understand where you're taking me, but okay, I'll go. And that's what we're talking about in this series called Let's Go. The fact that we serve a let's go God. We serve a God who says, if you'll let me, I will interrupt your regular routine. I will tap you on the shoulder. I, I will get a hold of your heart. I will say, come on, let's go. I got plans for you. I've got dreams for you. I put dreams in your heart. Let's go get them. He says it like this, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And we started talking about that verse in the first week of this series, and we made an observation. We said, hey, let, let's, let's be sure we understand what God's saying here. Who does God say knows the plans he has for us? God says, I know. Notice he doesn't say we know. He doesn't say we know, does he? See, he knows the plans he has for us, and oftentimes we don't know exactly what, is, what he's doing. And, and because that's true, a lot of times we'll feel God calling us to do something and the first thing we will feel is confused. Isn't that true? Chad said it last week. Can you believe we're quoting Chad in a church service? Chad said this, God-ordained prosperity is always preceded by God-ordained obscurity, the pastor of disaster. My favorite preacher on the planet. If you missed last week, you gotta, you gotta get caught up because it was an amazing week. But what he said is absolutely true. And, and, and what it means is this, when God calls, get used to feeling confused. I wouldn't say every time, but I'd say at least for me, almost every time. As I look through the Bible and read my favorite stories of miracles and God using men and women of faith to do huge things, almost every single time you see God call someone and they have to walk through a period or a phase or a time of confusion before they fully understand what God's doing in their lives, and I think we're the same. And if you were here last week, Chad told a story about a van. Anybody remember the van story last week? <laughs> half paint, half rust, he ripped the door off, and looking at this van with a door bungee corded on it sort of was a, <clears throat> was a picture to him that, that reminded him or made him think, man, my whole life is falling apart. And if you missed it, you got to get caught up. You guys were laughing at his van story last week. I was sitting here with you feeling guilty. Because I'm the one who called him and said, bro, 
You ought to move to Denver. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. And he said, I'm not moving to Denver. I said, dude, come on, let's start a church. He said, no, 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 no. He said, the church I'm at, they're building a $3.2 million facility just for me to oversee as the youth pastor. He's like, I got a sweet salary. You know I need a car. I'm going to buy a car. I'm going to be able to build a house. Like He's like, dude, this is like the dream. I said, Chad, your brother and your best friend are starting a church. You don't have a choice. Make it happen. Get to Denver. He goes, well, man, how are we going to get paid? And I go, dude, I already got it worked out. He goes, you do? I said, yeah. He said, well, how? I said, Chad, when people who love Jesus go to church, they tithe. <clears throat> <clears throat> When people who love Jesus go to church, Chad, they tithe. And, and there's going to be people tithing so fast that we're going to have full-time salaries. I already got the calculator like three months. He said, three months? I said, three months. I got the three right. It was three years <laughs> that we didn't have full-time salaries and little minor things like health insurance and stuff like that. So Chad leaves all this stuff in Missouri and comes to Denver. Look at the church he left. Go ahead and put the picture up. The upper right, that's the lobby of the new state-of-the-art youth facility that he would have been overseeing. <clears throat> I mean, look at that building on the left. That building just says, I've been here for a while. I'm going to be here for a while. That building says stability, doesn't it? That building says paycheck. Look at the church I talked him into coming to. Now, see, that building says something else. <laughs> and I remember standing in the back of that building with Chad, and, and nothing was working. And we were broke and tired and tired of being broke. And I said, Chad, you ever think this church is going to work? And without hesitation, he said, nope. <laughs> and I could tell it was like a nope, and it's your fault. That's what it was. We knew we were called. But man, we were confused because nothing was working. Nothing was happening. The dream wasn't what we pictured. It wasn't coming to fruition. We knew we were called to Denver, but we were so confused as to why. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt like God's calling you to something and you can't figure out why? Like, why, God? And like, what? And when? And with who? And how? And you ever felt called, but then really confused about what God's doing? The title of this message, and I believe this is for every single one of us, and if you're not going through this right now, put this one in the back seat because you're going to need it soon. The title of today's message is Called and Confused. Not to be confused with Dazed and Confused, some of Matthew McConaughey's finest work. <laughs> Got to be old enough to appreciate that one. Called and confused. And the truth is, that's where some of you are at right now. You say, yeah, that's me. God, God, God is calling you into a new relationship with him or to start going deeper into a relationship with him. And you're going, this, none of this makes sense. Like, what? Me? How? God's calling some of you to start something. God's calling some of you to stop something. 
For some of you, you're in a situation right now because you thought, God, you called me to this. And now you're looking around going, but why is it not working? I felt like God called us to start this. I felt like God called us to do this. I felt like God called us to move here, to be here, to do what we're doing. And now it's not working. It's falling apart. It's breaking my heart. You ever felt like, well, God, God, if you called me, then why am I so confused? I think all of us deal with that from time to time. And we all start thinking the same thing, don't we? Maybe I wasn't called. I mean, maybe I'm not. I mean, if it's this confusing, maybe he's not calling me. Because I can't figure out anything right now. Maybe, and then we start going south with our thoughts, maybe Maybe he's not working at all in my life. Like maybe he doesn't have a plan. Like maybe this dream isn't even from him. Maybe the fact that I'm in this tragedy and I'm going through a really tough season and I don't understand and it doesn't seem fair and I'm completely confused, maybe that means he's not even paying attention. Is that how it works? Is that what that means? If I'm really confused, then God's not calling me. Is that how it works for you? I want to tell you the answer is no. It's not. It's not what it means. Just because you're confused doesn't mean you're not called. It just means you're not God. That's what it means. It means he's God and you're not. In fact, God went way out of his way to make this point to every single one of us. Isaiah 55, 9, he said this. I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work. God's decree for as the sky soars high above the earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work. And the way I think is beyond the way you think. Translation. I'm God. You're not. What I do, when I do, and how I do things will confuse you. Right? So here's what we need to know. And sometimes just knowing ahead of time helps. If I'm going to walk in the calling that God has for my life, I better plan on seasons of confusion. Let's close in prayer. <laughs> Aren't you glad you came today? Well, I mean, we could. We could close in prayer right there because just knowing that helps. Just, just allowing yourself to be set free for a moment sometimes helps. I can be called by God and completely confused at the exact same time. Just knowing that is going to set some of you free. You can be called and you can be confused at the same time. Ask Moses. We've been looking at the book of Exodus over the last couple of weeks, and we're going to continue doing that today. In fact, we're going to look at some of the same verses that we've already read, but we're going to ask God to speak something completely different to us through them. And let me just get everybody caught up in case you weren't here. We've been looking at the book of Exodus, the nation of Israel. They were slaves for over 400 years in Egypt. And then God comes to Moses and says, let's go. Let's go get them. You and me, I'm going with you. Let's go. And he goes and gets them and the 10 plagues of Egypt happen and Pharaoh lets them go and they all get out. And, and about 2 million people are now following Moses. And Pharaoh says, wait a minute. I can't. I can't lose this labor force. Go get them. And so he sends his armies to go get them. And now here's the nation of Israel trapped. The Red Sea on one side. Pharaoh's armies attacking from this way. Nowhere to go. Completely 
confused as to what God's doing, right? God, you called me here. Read the whole chapter. God, you told us to camp here. You told us to be, you called us to this place, to this moment. And now this, Exodus 14, 10 through 12, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and they cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. And as I started studying for this series, I read this chapter and realized that I had read this chapter a long time ago in my Bible and I had circled that exact passage and over in the margins I wrote, confused. They're confused. Now get this, were they called? Absolutely. Was God working? Absolutely. Did God have a plan? Absolutely. They were 100% called and 100% confused at the same time. It's okay. Just because you're confused doesn't mean you're not called, right? We can be confused and called at the same time, but we got to deal with it, right? It's real, so we got to deal with it. And so I want to give you today three biblical principles, things I'm trying to work through, things I'm trying to apply to my confusion about what God's doing that I think will apply to every single one of us when we're feeling called and confused. And the first one is this. Yes, when God calls, there might be times of confusion, but understand this, and here's the first one. If you're taking notes, write this down. You can be confidently confused. Yes, confusion will most likely be part of the equation at some point, but you can be confidently confused, and here's why. Because although we're confused, our God never is. Although we get confused and we don't understand the plan, he never gets confused and always knows the plan. So we can be confident and confused. Let me show you what I mean. So the nation of Israel's got the Red Sea on one side and they got Pharaoh coming from this way, right? And they're completely scared, completely confused, have no clue what God's up to, questioning whether or not God's even working, questioning or not whether or not God's got a plan in the same way we do. But was God confused? Was God going, oh no! I didn't even see that coming! No. In fact, this is so cool. Genesis chapter 15, listen to this. This conversation that I'm going to read to you took place over 600 years, probably about 675, but I know if I say that, someone's going to check it and then email me, so I'm going to stay safe. Over 600 years before they would cross the Red Sea, before they would be let out of Egypt, watch what God said to Abraham. Then the Lord said to him, know for certain that for 400 years, your descendants will be strangers in a country, not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward, they will come out with great possessions. Over 600 years before they got out of Egypt, read the whole story. After God got them out, they actually went to everybody's house and took all their stuff, and they came out with great possessions. It's exactly what God said would happen. 
Over 600 years earlier, he said, let me tell you exactly how this is going to go down. This was before the nation of Israel was even a nation yet. Now, they were absolutely confused. Was God? No. He knew what was happening the entire time. He knew the plan the entire time. He knew exactly what they were going through, and he knew exactly how to take them through it. None of this confused God, and some of you need to be reminded of that today. Because I know some of your stories, and some of you are going through really tough situations right now. And you need to be reminded that all, although you may feel confused right now, your God is not confused. The relationship isn't happening. The marriage isn't going right. What you thought God was calling you to start feels like it's all falling apart. Doesn't feel like the dream's ever going to happen. You're in some situations right now and you're going, God, what are you up to? God, what are you asking of me? God, what's your plan? You feel nothing but confusion. You need to be reminded today that although you may be confused, your God is not. Your God is not confused. He has not forgotten you. He knows exactly what you're going through right now. He created you. He created your purpose. He created the potential inside of you. He knows what you're in the middle of and he knows the plan. And some of you just need to be reminded of that today. Although we get confused, our God never does. So we can be confidently confused from time to time. That's okay. Now, that sounds good at a church service. Confidently confused. They both start with C. That's, that's, that's like a pastoral gift. You put words together that start with the same letters and you scream a little bit. What's that mean? I was talking to a buddy this week, and I said, yeah, I'm going to talk this weekend about being confidently confused. And he goes, oh, that's me. And then he goes, except for the confident part. <laughs> I'm just confused, man. What do we do when we want to be confident, but all we really feel is confused? I think we do the exact same thing Moses told the nation of Israel to do. We stand. Exodus 14, verses 13 and 14, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. That's speaking to some of you right now. Stand for a minute. Stand firm on the promises of God. Just be still and let him fight for you for a minute. Because that's his promise, that he will. Underneath your seat or handed to you on the way in, you should have gotten a card with 10 passages on it. Would you pick that up? If you're watching this from a remote location, you can go onto our app and you can get these 10 promises. And these are just 10. We could have we made a book out of this. In fact, God did. <laughs> uh, we chose 10. Ten passages. I want to challenge you. Start memorizing some of these. This will change some of your lives. Start standing on some of these. Let's just look at one of them. Joshua 1.9. I want you to think about what you're dealing with. Think about what you're worried about. Think about what you're stressing over. What confuses you right now in life? Let God speak. Just one. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, 
For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so what I do when I'm scared and I'm confused and I don't know what God's up to, I take a promise like this into my prayer time and I pray it back and I say, okay, God, I need this to be a reality in my life because I don't know what you're up to. And I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling confused. And so, God, in the name of Jesus, I claim your promise. I will not be frightened. I will not be dismayed. I will be courageous. I will know that you're with me. And that will change things. I will stand on your promise when all I feel is confusion. And I pray that you will build my confidence in the middle of my confusion. And we stand on the promises of God. And I want to challenge you. Start doing that. Take those with you. Because we start doing that, we start to experience what the Apostle Paul was talking about to the church of Philippi. He said this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God, you put this dream in my heart, and I can't carry this anymore. I can't carry this anymore. It's too much. So you carry it. You already said you would. You complete it. You already said you would. And I'm going to stand on your word and I'm going to stand on your promise. Red Rocks Church, we can be confidently confused when we do this. You also need to know this. There may be times of confusion when God calls, but you can obey confused. Let's keep reading Exodus 14, 15 and 16. Then the Lord said to Moses, Chad read this last week, Why are you crying out to me? There's no crying in baseball. Tell the Israelites to move on. Watch this. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Know this. Sometimes God's callings uh, on your life will feel confusing. And, and, and let's just be honest. Sometimes they'll just feel crazy. Put yourself in Moses' position just for a second. We read this stuff too fast. Here's the Red Sea. Here comes the nation of uh, the, the, the Egyptian. I wonder, why am I stuttering all of a sudden? Here comes the Egyptian army coming towards them. There's about two million people looking to Moses going, okay, what you gonna do now? And Moses, we already know, he's been crying out to God for help. And what does God say? Just, just uh, raise your hand. I'm sorry? Do you not see what I'm in the middle of? I got two million people looking to me for leadership here. Should we ready the weapons? Like, do we get in some sort of battle format? Do we at least pray for a miracle? Nah, just raise your hand. Like, that had to feel crazy, right? We know he, God's about to part the Red Sea. Moses hadn't read the story. <laughs> he didn't know what was about to happen. This is crazy. I think this entire story hinges on one verse. Exodus 14, 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand. Completely confused. I don't have a clue what God's up to. I don't have a clue what the plan is. All I see is it's not working and I thought I was trying to follow you. And you said, stretch out my hand. So, whew. oh, please work. <laughs> right? And I think if Moses could talk to us today, he'd say, Red Rocks, you're going to go through some times of confusion, but get this, you can obey while you're confused, and oftentimes that'll be the very thing that will open the door to your calling. 
You can obey while you're confused, and sometimes that's what allows you to see the miracle. That's what allows you to see the plan. That's what allows you to step into what I'm calling you to. And so I thought, what would it be like if us as a church family, if, if just this week, some of us who are just looking forward to what God's got next, if some of us were to just go, you know what, just for a while, I'm not just going to pray for God, give me the answers, and God, show me the plan, and God, give me clarity. No, you got me here for a reason. You got me here for a person. And so right now, I'm going to pray this. How can I be obedient to you right now? Yeah, I'm looking forward. Yeah, I'm confused about what you're doing. But how can I be obedient to you right now? And what if God used that to open the door to your calling in a way that you never dreamt possible? See, we can be confidently confused. We can obey God confused. And if we choose, we can rejoice confused. On Easter Sunday... Because Chad was speaking, I didn't have any responsibilities other than to come to church and hug people and shake hands and, and, and worship, right? And so me and my family on Easter Sunday morning, we, we get out the Bible and we're going to read the resurrection story together, me and Jill and the three boys. And I saw something in there. When the women come to the tomb to visit what they thought was going to be the dead body of Jesus, and they realize the stone's been rolled away, and he's risen from the dead, and their minds are blown, right? And it's Jesus' way of saying, I'm going to prove that I was exactly who I said I was, the one and only son of the one and only God and the one and only way to heaven. And I'm going to come back to life. I'm going to appear to over 500 eyewitnesses. I'm going to give you the kind of evidence that will stand up in any courtroom in the world so that you'll know I am who I said I am. And so the women come, and they do not see what they thought. And they get real confused. Watch this. Matthew 28, verses 5 through 8. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. And then, then go quickly and tell his disciples, he's risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. And then I saw this verse. I've read it so many times. Then I saw this verse in a way I've never seen it before. So the women hurried away from the tomb. Here it is. Afraid, yet filled with joy. And all of a sudden, I read that, and I looked up real quick, and I started going like this. And my, my, my son, who, Ethan, who already knows how I think, he goes, looking for a highlighter, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, dude, give me a highlighter. Give me a pen. I got a circle. I've never seen this before. God started speaking to me right there in my living room, just in my thoughts and in my heart. He said, Sean, you can live this way. You can be afraid and confused with joy. You know, you can live that way. Because, see, I miss out on that so often. Because I'm like a bunch of you. I love looking forward. I love wondering what God's going to do next. I love dreaming about the next thing and the next mountain and the next challenge. And what happens is, is sometimes we look forward so much that our emotions start to turn on us. We start to feel scared and anxious and stressed and worried. And I felt like in that moment, God said, Sean, stop it. This is the day the Lord has made, right? Choose to rejoice in this day. I got a calling for your future, but not at the expense of your joy today. You got to make that call. You got to decide that. 
You can be uncertain of what I've got going on in your future and have joy today. And I go, God, how? Because of course I want that. In the same way you want that. I kept reading. All of a sudden I got it. He showed me, Matthew 28, 8 through 10. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshiped him. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Notice they start worshiping Jesus, and then he still has to say, don't be afraid, which means they were still afraid when they chose to start worshiping. They were still uncertain of what God was up to when they chose to start worshiping. And all of a sudden, God was like, you can do that, you know. Even when you don't know what I'm up to, and even though you don't know how it's going to work out, and even though you can't see my plan, you can choose to rejoice today, and it'll allow you to live with joy in the process of following me. We can do that, Red Rocks. Band, would you come up? I've seen this one play out. If you were, if you were here several years ago, if you're an OG around here, a long time ago, we raised some money to help an orphanage in Rustenburg, South Africa. Right outside of a place called Freedom Park. Chad and I, some friends of ours, Lincoln and Jenny Smith, missionaries, Lincoln took us to see Freedom Park and it rocked us. This is one of the saddest things I've ever seen in my life. This is just filled with thousands and thousands and thousands of people living in it, literally living in trash houses and almost everyone in the field dying of AIDS. And they would find babies on trash piles and they would bring them to this orphanage. We met a five-year-old boy walking around the park asking for mommy and our tour guide said he just, hasn't, he just hasn't realized yet but both of his parents have passed away from AIDS. He's five and on his own in this field. No food, no access to clean water. I mean, the stuff that was happening to young girls in this park, if I told you about it, it would make you sick. I've never seen anything like it, and everyone's dying. And we're leaving Freedom Park, and I see a group of people over by the edge, and I don't know what's going on. There's some sort of gathering. And pretty soon I see them start circling, and, and I hear some yelling, and, and I'm thinking, someone's passed away while we've been here in the park. That's what's going on. They're crying for help. They're calling for help. And we get a little bit closer, and I see them going like this back and forth and all of a sudden I start hearing shouts and, and I, I look to Margaret our tour guide and I said Margaret what are those ladies doing she said worshiping Jesus I honestly thought I misunderstood her I said I'm sorry what, what, what are they doing she said you know Sean we make a joyful noise unto God and I said, yeah, I know. I just can't remember the last time I've worshiped like that. These women living in the middle of Freedom Park. Everybody's got AIDS. People are gonna die this week and they're worshiping with joy on their faces. As I got closer, I saw joy on their faces like I don't think I'd seen on my own in a long time. See, they understood something that I forget which is, I don't worship God because I know exactly what he's doing in my life right now. I worship God because of what he's already done. 
And he's already given us Jesus to pay the price for our sins. I don't worship God because I know exactly what he's doing in my life. I worship God because I know he's with me and working. And they understood that and I forgot. If you're going to walk in the calling that God has for you, there's going to be a time when you feel utterly confused. That's okay. That doesn't mean you're not called. That doesn't mean he's not working. That doesn't mean he doesn't have a plan. And you can be confidently confused when you choose to stand on his word in the middle of it. And you can obey confused when you choose to say, okay, God, show me how to obey today. And you can choose to rejoice confused. And it'll allow you to experience joy in the middle of it like few other things will. Red Rocks Church, this is real for us. But know this, just because you're confused doesn't mean you're not called. God has a very specific plan for your life today. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you're with us right here, right now in this moment. I thank you that you do have plans for us, that you have put dreams in our heart, that you are calling us to next. But God, I pray you help us deal with the doubt and the confusion and the mind games in the now. I pray you help us to obey and learn to experience you and worship you and have joy in the now. Because we need that, Father. We want to follow your calling, but sometimes we feel really confused. So I pray, God, for a supernatural peace right now in the name of Jesus. In fact, with everyone's eyes closed at every single location, Right now, if you were to say, I feel like God's calling me to something, but I feel confused and I need his wisdom and his guidance and his strength today. If that's you, raise your hand. I'm just going to pray for you. Hands all over. Second question is this. You know right now God is calling you into a personal relationship with him. You can feel it in your heart. See, he sent his son to die on a cross to pay the price for our sins. And then he said this, if you'll repent of those sins, if you'll decide, I'm just going to turn from my old life and I'm going to put my trust in Jesus. He said, you do that. You receive eternal life. Your sins are forgiven instantaneously. Your past is redeemed. Your life is restored and you get heaven forever. And if that's you, you want to make that decision today. You say, God's calling me today, right now. I'm going to put my trust in Jesus. If that's you, raise your hand and I'm going to say a prayer for you as well. Hold them up high. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hands all over. Praise God. God, you knew why you brought us here. You know what we're going through, but more importantly, you know where you want to take us. I pray for supernatural peace right now in the name of Jesus. Peace that passes all understanding. Remind us that you're in charge and you've got our future under control. And God, I thank you for the eternal lives that are being changed right now in the name of Jesus. It is our absolute honor to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. At every campus, can we stand up and can we worship Jesus?